0: This is The Enthusiast's Guild, a podcast about wonderful and interesting things with the people who enjoy them. I'm Fletcher C. Finch. Dan
1: Kaufman. Alex Buckley. And Dan and Alex, what show are you from? We have a podcast of our own called Your Brain on Hops. Out of uh, Buffalo, New
0: York. And what's the topic? <laughs> beer.
1: <laughs> a wonderful world beer. of
2: beer. Just that glorious elixir that
1: forged the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not just the drinking of, but the brewing, uh, the beer industry as a whole, just everything centered around beer. So I'm
0: very excited to have you both on the podcast. I have been friends with both Dan and Alex for many years. I've learned to appreciate beer and many beers because of them. I've imbibed many beers because of them. <laughs> we've we've shared a yeah. drink or two before with you. yeah, one yeah. or two, one or two, <laughs> one or two. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today is beer and friendship beer and camaraderie camaraderie that kind of was the
2: entire point of your brand on hops and how it got started
0: for us and i'd say that's my biggest challenge in listening to your brain on hops is it just makes me want to go hang out with you guys or (laughs) crack open a beer and so i can't listen if i'm driving to the office or Or at the office (laughs) office, trying to do tasks It, it is just counterproductive for me so we're here today in beautiful Ellicottville, New York. We're sitting outside on a sunny fall day. So nice! And it's a great day. We've each brought a beer to share and, and talk about. So we're, we're starting out with my selection, which is the lightest beer, Hennepin by OMA Gang, a farmhouse saison ale with spices. I absolutely
1: love this beer, uh, mostly because I love saisons—the mm-hmm. um, spiciness, the refreshing character of it. It's great right now with the sun beaten down on us. Yeah. It's the perfect
2: enter point, like the the days winding down, but it's it's the beers we have right now, it's gonna get it's gonna build. Yeah, oh, yeah. and it's it's gonna be a nice transition. But the hennepin in particular, I'm I'm a fan of Omega Gang. Alex and I both have
0: had some experiences over there. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a great brewery as a whole. That was part of the reason that I chose the hennepin, is I love Saisons generally. There are a lot of Saisons I, I really like, and Omegang is fantastic. The first time I ever had the Hennepin was when I was at Omegang, touring the facility there, which was just an incredible time. Cooperstown, New York, it's it's a great trip. That was in late March, which is not the best time of year to be there, but it was still an awful lot of fun. I would absolutely recommend it to, to anyone to go. Obviously, right now it's a little tough, but
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, to go anywhere is tough. It, it's definitely yes. worth the trip when you get there. No, you guys had a story about Hennepin. Uh, Omegang has their annual. Beer festival, which they haven't had for the two, past two years. I mean, so sad. But Belgium comes to Cooperstown, which is a massive, just camping event all weekend, and they have a beer dinner, and it's just a big beer festival, and the. Uh, the beer dinner, the one year, mm-hmm. they bring around bottles to the table during the dinner. So they pair a beer with the food every single course, usually five, six courses. Five, six course dinner. Um, and the one year uh they brought over so much hennepin to the tables that we had excess and mm-hmm. the bottles are open already. And we brought a couple bottles of hennepin back to our he campsite. So much back. <laughs> yeah. And uh we didn't drink it because it was late at night and we had other stuff that we were sipping on but the next morning we woke up and it was kind of chilly out overnight so the beer was still a little cold but with the cap off the bottle the beer retained all of its carbonation <laughs> wow it was we poured it and we i think did we make mimosas with it i think we, threw I think we did we threw juice a little oranges well, um it was it was it was wild that it was still slightly chilled and all the carbonation that was in it, it was, it was just wild that it retained all that.
2: BCTC is such a wild event, and it's so cool to get out there when you do it. You, when you set up this campsite, you, you're setting up a mini hotel mm-hmm. to suit you and your friends. So we put like four 10 by 10 tents together. Mm-hmm. Everyone then puts their tents around that. You make a living room, a kitchen. You do the whole nine yards we
1: had like what, four or five maybe even six coolers full of beer that we are using in the middle as like a table <laughs> and we put our chairs around That's it awesome.
2: <laughs> just, you, we look across the aisle and like there's just people with an inflatable couch and what the great thing is is that the after that festival is that the brewers don't leave mm-hmm. the brewers camp out with you so they actually a lot of the brewers will have their own sections they set up their tents when they're done with the festival they, like well we are not taking this beer home either so they reset up their kegs and you start wandering the grounds of Gang, and you're just asking for more beer and they're just willing to pour and they've got their own kitchens going and they're making food mm-hmm. so for us with uh in this industry you being with alex being um you know former River 42 north i was running for a reverse we knew a lot of the people so we would just hang out with all these buffalo brewers and just Who having, all congregated at yeah. their
1: campsites all at the same area.
2: It was great. Uh, guys like, you know, Shatzel, Thin Man, 42 North. You had Community CBW. Beer Works. Yes. Uh, like, so many friends that we've just come to know and love over the several years that we've been doing this in, in this industry. So it's been fantastic.
0: For listeners who might not be familiar with beer, Cezanne, this is uh, Belgian style? Uh, yeah, Belgian. Belgian slash uh, French mostly belgian it's a, a farmhouse style ale and i always feel like it tastes a little bit like straw but in a good way
1: yeah like a hay <laughs> you're not like wrong. Barnyard
0: yeah. type yeah of... it's it's the most farmhousey sort of beer mm-hmm. that i can think of and it just it's got a bit of crispness on the end there it's it's got some some flavoring character to it but it's not sweet it's not heavy it's like right now the as we said earlier, the sun is shining down on us. It's probably 70 some degrees and it is just a refreshing sort of beer.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the dryness of the style, uh, really helps that. I mean, it finishes dry and then the high effervescence accents that dryness and really makes it come across refreshing.
2: That style is usually something I'll, I will always go towards if it's, uh, I'm almost trying to replace champagne.
0: Yeah. It, oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I can see um,
2: that. <laughs> Also makes a great mimosa, like we had said before. Yep. If you're not a big wine drinker or you don't like champagne, which I've run into people because they don't sometimes they don't want like the bubbles, or maybe they just don't like the dryness of it. Mm-hmm. Swapping the two out will absolutely work. It's but like you said, the dryness of it, it's mm-hmm. that crisp fall day starting to get a little cooler, but it's still a little warm. The sun just went behind the trees and just <laughs> like, ooh, temperature drops.
0: Comfortable there. Do you remember the first Omega beer you ever drank? Was it the hennepin, no, the first Omegang beer I ever had was the wit oh, oh. or or vita witta wit, uh, wit. wit yeah I, I always called it the wit the the Omegang wit, which is uh a wheat ale wit w- wheat uh it's very light it's got some spice flavor to it, i think yeah
1: it's a uh, I think it's orange peel and
0: coriander, yeah and that. I almost feel like a uh, it's almost like a, a lighter version it's a it's kind of a good gateway to a saison mm-hmm. like again nice summertime thirst quenching sort of beer crisp go, goes down easy it's not going to knock you over but it tastes delicious
1: you're right about the uh good transition to a saison um mm-hmm. with a whip because you get that you get that citrus which you definitely get in this especially the saison i get a nice citrus but then the uh the pepperiness of the uh which is coming from the yeast in a saison but the coriander in the uh in the wit so they do they do coriander yeah yeah they do tend to be very close (laughs) knows the
0: stuff he's been hanging out with this too much (laughs) (laughs) the reason that i got into beer because i i was not much of a beer drinker for a very long time i did like my manhattans and uh different whiskey drinks, things like that. And Tom Pafk, who is a past guest of, of my show and your show. And our Uh, show. A couple of times. Yeah. yeah, A couple of times. Good friend of ours. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tom's the one who got me into it. We were at a Christmas party together and I didn't even know Tom that well at that point. And Tom said, Oh, you, you like bourbon. You like whiskey. You should try this beer. And it was the even more Jesus. Uh Uh, (laughs) And bourbon is next. Yeah. It's a, (laughs) That's kind of a, a sweeter, heavier, it tastes like a barrel. Uh, it, that's a great transition beer. And I had that, and I thought, this is unlike any beer that I've ever had, and I know I can kind of see why people like beer, and Tom mentioned, "Oh yeah, I got it at Aurora Brewworks. A bunch of friends of mine and I hang out there, and I thought, you know that that sounds like a fun time." And so I went a couple times to Aurora Brewworks. Saw Tom, met up with you guys. At that point, I still wasn't much of a beer drinker, but I really liked the company. I liked the atmosphere. Is that how we met? Yeah, yeah. That's so how we, we met, met at ABW because so, that's yeah, actually how yeah. Alex and I met. Yep. Yeah. And
2: it seems to be, that seems to be the running case with all of us that are now such good friends mm-hmm. is the fact that the one common denominator was Aurora Brookes. Yeah. So the reason I met Alex the same, I think the, almost the second night after I met Tom Path. And the reason I have a connection to Tom Bafk is because he and I actually, he was a teacher at my former college. Right. And then he also had the same sensei as me. He was a uh, kempo master and I was taking Kendo. And so. I always forget that Tom knows martial arts as yes, well. Yes, you don't he, think about that it. That is a multi-talented man. <laughs> it, it, he's very good with his hands and possibly deadly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of the great things about Aurora Brewworks is It's both a bar and a bottle shop. And so we would, a lot of times it would be a Friday night where we'd either play cooler roulette or just do a bottle share. Oh, the
2: roulette. I missed the roulette.
0: It has been a while. (laughs) So we would all buy different bottles of interesting or unusual beers or just beers in various styles and pour them out into taster glasses. And that's a great way to find what beers you like and what character you like of the beers. Because you you're not drinking a whole bottle, you're not investing in a whole bottle, but you get to try a bunch of different things. And I developed a real taste for beer and figured out what I enjoyed and got to hang out with you guys more, got to learn more about beer. And yeah, that was my uh that was my entree into this world.
2: Whenever we hear somebody says, Well, I don't like beer, I'm not a beer drinker. Mm-hmm. Our our notion is so like uh uh-uh. uh there's yet. a beer for everybody, like if you're willing to drink alcohol or you have a style, we can find you a beer to match mm-hmm. your style. You're, there's something you're going to pick up on. Yeah.
1: Even, even when you talk to somebody about uh, what kind of foods they like, I mean that you, you can, you know, make connections between food and beer easily.
2: Mm-hmm. A lot of the times that what it turns out is they've just had bad beer or they, what they think of, or they have a college <laughs> experience, which is just drinking 30 packs on a frat right. night or something like that. And that's the only notion they have in their head. It's like, Oh,
0: well, welcome to our world. We're about to blow your mind. <laughs> well, that was a large part of it for me is largely I'd had pilsners and lagers. And it turns out that's just not a style that I'm very fond of. There are a couple Aww. that I can enjoy and I've learned to like more of them. But if I was having a beer, it was usually a mass produced, watered down, very fizzy pilsner or other type of lager. And I just it wasn't for me.
1: Yeah, and I mean there's nothing wrong with those styles. Oh, no, no. Um it just I mean there's time and place for every style. Mm-hmm. Like a Sabers game. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sabers game, a really hot day, uh Bills
0: game. Tailgating yeah. at a at a sporting event. Sometimes you you hear people talk about the beer snobs. And hang out with you guys, <laughs> you are not beer snobs, you're beer enthusiasts. You're people who enjoy beer and you're not telling other people This is what's wrong with the way you're enjoying this beer. If somebody likes a beer, that's fine. They can like that beer. It might not be the beer for me, but they can like the beer. But Mm -hmm. if there's a beer that you like, you want to share it and you want to tell people why it's so cool and you want them to have that experience. And so that was hanging out Friday night. Oh, try this. Uh, This has interesting hops. Try this. It's got a different flavor profile. Somebody described it as it's like motor oil, but in a good way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Was that a Oscar Blues 1050? Because that beer is motor oil. It's so thick. The, the thing that was great about
2: Aurora Brewers when we did that in when they opened up, and I think, they're, I think they've been open for seven, eight years now. It's got to be something like so that. I yeah. think that's where they're headed in. And uh, what's so cool about the place is they wanted you to try everything. They're bringing in all these new things. It was something that you, you didn't see in, mm-hmm. in Western New York. And they really, had, I will give them credit for in the world, they set that bar um, he has got the largest selection of beer in Western New York by far. Oh yeah. Um, right now it is a lot of it's very IPA heavy. But the thing that was great at, when they first opened was the fact that when we got into the beer, was the fact that they allowed for you to taste. They started with six mm-hmm. taps. Now I think they're at twenty two, including serving wine or
1: something like that. And, and everything that's down in the basement. And, every, and like, I mean, all well, of that was part taps. of the twi-
2: yes. And uh, they did wine. They're now doing wine on tap, but obviously shutdowns but they're still they still have all their bottles and you can still get everything to go and you so we would sit down at the bar each one of us would pick one thing to share mm-hmm. and we kept pushing it farther so uh your former guest tom pafk he and i sat down and we created the actual roulette wheel and mm-hmm. we actually drew it so that it was actually like just think wheel of fortune you'd spin this thing if you couldn't think of what you wanted to drink the wheel of fate decided for you and it was just like, you have to get this style, you have to get this brewery, or you have to get, you know, you have to keep it under a certain price point. And it just made your brain kind of focus on one aspect of the industry, but you, ha- you came back with something you never tried. Mm-hmm. So it kept you from just picking the same beer over and over again. And then we would just, we've poured up to, I think we've had events or just no gatherings, I should say. At this place where it's been 20 of us and we're making the bartenders take out 20 tasting glasses, pouring probably two ounces each of these bottles and just leveling it off perfectly. And we have photos of just this perfect level of head on these tasting glasses. And it's just like, we are so sorry, but we always give the bartenders also a taste. Like this is the, it's the end of the night. It's last call. And and it's just this
1: nice, good camaraderie. Treat your bartenders well. Yes. Tip well and remember, off, tip off tip often. So you mentioned that uh it was a nice transition beer from, mm-hmm. from bourbon to beer. Let's get into I think that we bourbon. have another transition because the beer that uh I find to be one of my favorites is uh it's called Kuro from Alagash Brewing Company, and it's an ale aged in uh oak bourbon barrels. So <laughs> Ooh, that is a beautiful oh, sound. Oh. Alex, can you tell us about the beer that you've poured us? Um yeah, it's a uh, it's a Belgian triple. So we're going to stick to the Belgian roots here. Um, but it's a Belgian triple that's aged in uh, bourbon barrels. And, um, I think the reason I love this beer so much is that I, one, i just, I like Belgian triples a lot. I like Belgian, Belgian yeast character just really hits home with me. Um, once again, the, uh, the dryness of it, um, and the effervescence, it makes it real crisp and kind of, kind of clean because the bourbon does kind of hang with you. Mm-hmm. Um, But the uh, one of the biggest reasons I love this beer so much is one year when I first found this beer, I bought a bottle at actually at ABW. Mm -hmm. I took it home and I was like, all right, this is it was like a it was like two years old at that point. So I'm like, Uh, "Okay, cool. I'm going to throw in the basement for now (laughs) and just wait a little bit. But then I, I don't remember who gave me the bottles, but all of a sudden I was gifted like three more bottles of it. Mm -hmm. And I had I told nobody about this beer, and all of a sudden I had four bottles of it. So I was sitting there, and my brother and I were just like, "Well, let's uh, do a tasting because all of them were from different years." Oh, so all of a sudden I just had this in front of me, and I'm like, "This is amazing, and it's such a good beer too. That like the bourbon doesn't just totally blow the the Mm -hmm. yeast character out, and like you know totally ruin the triple aspect of the beer." But what do you think being a bourbon fan?
0: Oh, I love this beer. This is one of my go to's, especially if I'm looking for a beer to bring to a party. I think of the Curio as a. It's a celebratory beer for me, in part because it's got that that champagne style cork that you pull out of the bottle. It's nice. The, the price point is about $18 for a pint bottle. It's delicious. It's not something that you have every day, but it's not something that you feel like You broke the bank or you you can't enjoy it because of the expense. There's no pressure with it. Mm -hmm. It's just, this is a beer that I can enjoy. Again, I love those Belgian-style beers. I love anything, almost anything barrel-aged just that added character to it there is time in this beer Mm -hmm. you can
1: taste the
0: time someone put a little craftsmanship into this exactly right and i mean
1: this one it's uh it's not just aged and they pull it out and they put it in bottles but um it's actually uh blended then they blend back uh the same exact triple that they put into the barrels they blend mm -hmm. back some fresh triple into it so it's it is the actual craft of craft beer you know, that's that's really where the craft comes in, in my opinion, is when I, when people start diving into barrels and trying to enhance a style based off of a barrel and blending from barrel to barrel, you know, they're going to ferment differently. They're going to age differently from, from one barrel to the next. So it's about blending those together to make the best product you can.
2: But the notion of the beer snob and the curio and taking it with you to a party, Mm-hmm. If you depending on the scenario of the event that you're going to, and you're like, oh, I'm expected to bring a bottle of something to share. For some people, it's like, oh, I brought a bottle of beer, and you show up with this corked bottle of uh, something yeah. just so that looks so decodent, and people are like, what the heck? Now, so I have gone to a Super Bowl party, and I've brought Duchess de Briand, and I have Ooh. just been looked at, like, what is he doing?
1: Dude <laughs> just wants to drink vinegar.
0: I, I <laughs> what was am I supposed to say? <laughs> I, I enjoy the Duchess, but... I would say that the curio is a much, there's a lower barrier to entry with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is going to be acceptable to a lot more palates. But there's
2: there's that one person, it's like the one person who is strayed from the norm and they get very curious, curio curious, <laughs> and they're like, what are you drinking? And oh, yeah. you, you're like, would you like to try some? And then they get blown away like, you're drinking beer? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I am. It's like, I really love this. And it's like, well, there you go. Like, I never thought about where did you get this? And they get some excitement.
1: I I always love that aspect when someone tries a beer and they immediately change their perspective on what beer is based off of what they just put in their mouth. Yes. That all of a sudden they're like, wait, this is beer. Mm -hmm. There's
2: more to it. It is complex. And with that complexity, Alex was talking about how you got four different bottles. Time will change that complexity. It will either make something very subtle. It will your flavor aspects will change. And aging beer is one of the, the I, I love doing it. You find that bottle that maybe it's a little higher ABV, mm-hmm. a good stout, a good bourbon, anything aged in a bourbon barrel, and you just let it sit and just I'm not sh- just sit on your shelf and just like oh you know what I'm gonna go get two of them and I will if you can do it always pick up two bottles. Just put one away like you know what? I'm gonna drink this a couple months down the line or maybe. I've I had a running joke earlier show 120 yay I aged that <laughs> I realized I think I drank one the other I had like two left and I realized oh
1: wait I've been sitting on this for six years I didn't realize I have a, I have a 2014 mm-hmm. the, uh, I think I have a 2013 uh, worldwide stout at home too yeah. and you
2: but when you drink it fresh and it is so green and you're mm-hmm. like oh wow but this is still good and then you come back so many years later and you pop that cap off and you, or you pull that cork, and all of a sudden you pour a glass, and it's just mellow and smooth, and you're like, "What just happened?" But this is the same beer I just drank. It's it's astounding. It it it's, it's a it, it is it's you can tr- there's certain degrees you can treat beer like wine mm-hmm. in its age, the complexities, the notes that you pick up, mm-hmm. and and I think that's very important when people understand. It's like when you say you don't like beer, I don't buy it. It don't. If you're willing to drink alcohol, you're gonna find a beer. Yep, you but will. I should,
0: I should say too, since you're talking about treating it like wine, part of it is enjoying the the scent of the beer, the, the nose on the beer, and that's something that I learned hanging out with you guys at Brew Works too. Is certain glasses, the tulip glasses, is, is tulip, what you or guys
2: tulip or beer. die, tulip <laughs> or die,
0: tulip But you're going to have a very different experience drinking a beer if you know what it it smells like. You're you're getting some of those flavors up front and you're preparing yourself to enjoy it fully. You mm-hmm. do half
2: your tasting through your nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 50% it, of what
1: you taste is what you So you
2: take in that aroma of what it is that you're enjoying and take in the bouquet because it, it's taking in some air. Even when you sip, mm-hmm. you get so much more out of it. You don't have to slurp. I'm just saying just, yeah. just, just nice effervescence to it, which I think is why things like your only the hennepin and everything when you get some of that bubbles and it almost lends itself to the beer it's so nice and the carbonation and
1: you get to t- really experience it if you take a sip of a beer actually any any kind of beverage um, whether it be wine or whiskey or whatever it is if um, it's called retronasal and if you take a sip and allow it to sit on your palate and then exhale through your nose You will find that the beverage really opens up in your mouth as you do that. And it it will take any beverage you sip on to a whole new level. All right, we're good. (laughs) Well played, sir. Daniel, (laughs) pour us a beer. Uh,
2: This beer is uh, the brewery White Oak. Uh, it's a blend. It's a fifty percent wheat wine style ale aged in bourbon barrels, and it's also a fifty percent ale. The purpose of this episode was really talking about our what are what are the beers that just kind of hit us like those. Mm. That's our favorite, and for me, this one is not only one of my favorites. It's actually you know we've been talking about our former guest which was Tom Paff. Also, just wildly, the brewery does some fantastic beers, and. When I say the brewery, I mean, that is literally the name of their brewery, the brewery out of, and I believe New York city. But this one in particular for me is also very sentimental to me in terms of my father who passed away two years ago. This was the first beer that I ever gave my dad. My dad was not a big beer. He was not a big drinker at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was Thanksgiving. And obviously, you know, he got the big table, people bring bottles of wine and you are drinking you're having a you know you got a festive time i brought the white oak out and my dad was sitting there and he and i had poured myself a glass and he just kind of looked over and then i came back i was like oh, i'll leave it out because i want other people to try it and i poured myself a glass of wine afterwards and he's like well you should really dan you shouldn't be drinking wine and beer together and i'm like yeah it's fine and I look back over and my dad's doing the exact opposite of what I had just done. He's now pouring himself beer after he had his glass of wine. (laughs) But the expression on his face, which we've talked about, changed. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what am I drinking right now? I never saw the bottle again. (laughs) (laughs) I came back to have another glass of beer because I'm like, I don't think anyone's touching this beer I've brought for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And the bottle is missing. It's at the head of the table where my dad's sitting and he has placed it now to himself. And for me, that was, um, I went over to my dad and unfortunately my dad passed away for all from Alzheimer's. And it was the first expression where I just asked him like, dad, do you really like this? And he's like, this is delicious. And it, it, I actually remember I got to take him to Aurora Brewers after that. And I was like, do you want to try something? Like it, it got him into it. He's like, I didn't get the bottle back for the rest of Thanksgiving. He drank the entire rest of that bo- this bottle, this bottle in particular, after his passing, um, I had just done this year. Um, I did a wedding for a good friend of ours on a for- and bartender of Aurora Brooks, um, who just got married. Joe Hoppy dropped all, uh, I run snout barbecue, dropped all the food off for his wedding. He comes back two days later to give me the pans and everything that I dropped off for him. And he's like, Hey, I got you something. And he's got other half and he's got some uh, tree house and he's like here are these and then out of nowhere he hands me this bottle of white oak and it almost brought me to tears and the reason being is the fact that on that day it was actually father's day well and I don't even know if Joe knew or if he did because and it just hit me in a way that I was just like you gotta be kidding like this is the one like I drink this in honor of my dad every single time, I, like every, every anniversary. And the sad part is they no longer make this beer. So that's why this beer for me is so, is so special. Um, so I'm glad I get to share it with you right now. And, but it is probably one of my favorites by all, by all times. So I, love, I love all different types, but this is, this is special.
1: Appreciate you sharing it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing the story too. So, it's, it's great to know, because there is such an emotional connection to that. I, I have we have just our group
2: alone we have formed so many friendships we have met so many different amazing people and there's a memory and a story behind everything and I think that that's what makes it so interesting and intriguing and like I if my path went any other differently I can't see it anymore am I like, to be in the same time the same place with the same love affair of all of this I can't write that it just happens (laughs) like we've been going up from the saison to the the allagash of that bourbon this one just comes across like a punch in the face of vanilla and oh yeah Mm -hmm. it's so complex and it's so much more like you lose i I don't know alex if you want to agree with me or not or you can correct me you kind of almost pulled back on the carbonation but the the characteristics of mellowness that come out from those notes it 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 changes completely like they're both aged in a bourbon barrel, two two different styles.
0: Completely different styles. Effervescence,
2: what they do, and you're just sitting there like,
0: whoa. (laughs) For the listeners, I just want to read through the description of the white oak on the bottle. So it says 50% wheat wine style ale aged in bourbon barrels, 50% ale. White oak is a hearty, blended wheat wine style ale, grafting elements reminiscent of Caramel, vanilla, coconut, and warm oak with a creamy complexity of wheat. Crisp effervescence spirals around sweet bourbon barrel aged layers, expanding into a refreshingly robust ale. And that sounds like hyperbole, but it's actually a very accurate description.
1: I almost feel like uh they say creamy from the wheat, but I almost get like
0: a fluffiness.
1: Ooh. I get
2: something so like there's there's a mouthfeel mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. this beer. Like if you ever drink something like a saison, it's very dry. It's very crisp. It leaves this wants to linger. It there's almost a syrupyness behind it, and it it, it just kind of sits in your mouth a little bit longer. That I, I truly enjoy when I drink when I drink a beer. Not something I want to drink the entire day through, but that glass, especially right now, it's just nice and cool. It's like the, it's the perfect finisher. Of our beers. Like, yeah. we timed
1: yep. this very, yep. very well. And especially because the sun has kind of gone down a little bit. It's hiding behind the clouds right now. So, like, it is, like, if the sun was out, it'd be a different story right now. Yeah. But the little, the cool breeze coming through right now, this is, like, the perfect moment. This warms the, the cockles of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, wheat wine is not necessarily a style that's seen a lot. Um, and it's a take on a uh, a barley wine. Um, which I believe started in, uh, in England. Um, history wise, it was literally, they were trying to brew a beer that was as big as a wine. And so they, they shoved their mash tun full of as much grain as they could to get the highest alcohol content they could. Um, and then Americans being who we are, we, um, F with tradition as Sam Calgioni from dogfish head says, and, um, yeah we just we take it and we make it our own and take it one step farther yeah wheat wines uh the the insane amount of wheat that goes into them um does add like that fluffiness but it also adds like a it does add a creaminess to it um but it kind of
0: almost sweetens it i'm glad we're finishing with this one too because like you said this is something special this this is a beer that tastes like it's a special occasion beer it's it's not the the light celebratory beer that we were talking about. Like, oh, you bring it to a party. This is this is your Thanksgiving dinner with the family. This is you're rounding out something nice and important mm-hmm. or meaningful. And oh, I'm just loving it.
2: I'm gonna have asked correct me, but I'm what I think is most intriguing is the beer styles that we chose and the things that we are in front of us. It is these ales that we are drinking? You could easily take from the first one we had throw it in a bourbon barrel, keep pushing that limit, keep messing with it. And you, there's a, progr- there's, there is a progression here that whether or not you may Im- notice it immediately, the, su- like it, it's there. It, you are adding an aspect to it one step at a time and you're pushing the envelope th- further.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it's interesting. It's not surprising considering that our, Goal was to each bring a beer that was either one of our favorites or something that was important to us. But the breweries we are drinking from, like I have never had an omegang beer that was not well made. I have never had an Allegash beer that I did mm-hmm. not enjoy. I don't know as much about the brewery, but ah, this this flavor <laughs> is. There. All of very, They're just very, like, good.
1: very good breweries. They, if, if you want to try anything from Omegang, from Allegash, from the brewery, you will get a well-crafted beer, no matter what. Whether that suits your flavor profile and suits your palate is another story. But you will always get a high-quality product from these breweries. Where can people find your brand on hops? You can find us on uh, mostly on Facebook and Instagram. That's where we do most of our posting. Uh, We also have a YouTube channel where you can listen to our podcasts. Um, You can find us on uh, iTunes uh, podcast app or Stitcher SoundCloud. Almost any app, uh, podcast app. So, yeah, that's where you can find us. We're currently on a bit of a hiatus. Stupid COVID. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But we'll be coming back very soon uh, with some new content.
2: Once we get some new stories under our belts of beer and the the beer the beers we love. Hopefully we can get to a little bit of new norm. <laughs> new norm.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I've really enjoyed talking with both of you.
2: Yeah, thank you for having Always us. enjoyable. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Enthusiast Guild. You can find all of our episodes on your podcast player of choice. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The Enthusiast Guild and on Twitter at Enthusiast Guild. You can also email us at enthusiastguild at gmail.com.